0: podcast
1: okay here we go it is week 18 of the one event podcast i am here david ship as always with my partner with my co-host the man the myth miles v hi i'm miles maybe you've heard of me Miles, we have heard of you, obviously a little bit different tone for all of us this week on the podcast, an unprecedented, really disturbing week in the NFL, wouldn't you say?
0: Yeah, no easy way to say this, but this week was very unique for the NFL, uh, as well as its players, its fans and followers. Thankfully, Jamar Hamlin's recovering from what looked like a normal NFL play that caused him to go in the cardiac arrest, basically caused the whole world to stop what they were doing and reflect on life. And I'm not going to belittle this moment with a joke or anything like that. This was truly a -a one-of-a-kind moment. And some of us are old enough to remember the Joe Theismann broken leg or the Ryan Shazier spinal injury. This one hit differently, and I wonder what, if anything, uh, is going to come of it. You know, I used to coach youth baseball, and there's this uh, heart guard that I'd recommend to players that you'd have the kids wear to protect them from a direct hit with the baseball. I don't know if there's equivalent type padding or anything like that in football, or they'll look into things like that to, as an improvement, but I think the league is going to keep iterating to come up with something, and I think that'll be great for everyone. And for the betting world, yeah, this had effects all over the place with fantasy leagues hanging in the balance, total team team win totals, prop bets, etc., but who cares? None of that matters. This young man's life was hanging in the balance and really put everything in perspective, I hope he makes a full recovery, and I hope football makes a full recovery.
1: Yeah, amen to all of that. Well said. It is Friday evening right now, and obviously the reports are better that uh, Demar is uh, has the tube taken out and is talking and is Facetime the Bills. All good news. So we hope his recovery uh, is nothing short of speedy and miraculous. Um, you know, as you said, it did impact. You know all over the betting world and this is absolutely meaningless in that spec of the world uh, just in terms of I'll, you know going right to the start here for us i was on the game uh i had the money line for the Bengals to win uh it would not have affected our weekly competition miles won the week he was going to win the week regardless the only small uh blip that it had uh, an impact on for us is that i might have cashed had the Bengals uh won or i would have cashed won over one over a thousand but who cares? doesn't matter. Um, you know, as you said, this one hit differently and very quickly as things were unfolding, you got the sense that this was going beyond difficult, but normal football injury to a place that we just hadn't seen before. And the reactions from all of the players and how they responded and kudos to the coaches for taking the players off the field. Uh, it was, uh, it was a difficult night. You know the silver lining of of Demar's you know toy drive, which when I last checked was over seven million, when he was trying to raise twenty five hundred dollars. So that's a that's a nice thing that has happened. But we're happy that he's doing better. Um, but we've got some football coming up, so let's start talking about that. I will go ahead and recap um, the two other games that I had. Let me just jump into that. And uh, <laughs> game number one, I have the Philadelphia Eagles. Minus five and a half over New Orleans. They were playing in Philadelphia. I bet 460 to win 400. Wow. Did I whiff on this game? The saints won outright 20 to 10. Gardner Minshew was not good in this game at all. Now he had lost the week before, but that was to the Cowboys on the road. The final score was 30, 40 to 34. I thought he would take a step forward playing at home against the saints He took a giant step backward, 18 of 32, 274 yards, one touchdown, and a huge pick-six interception at the end of the game that really sealed it for the Saints. Now here's something that we got to dig into a little bit though, because he was sacked six times and that might be a little bit on the quarterback, but that's also on the offensive line. And we pay so much attention to our skill players that there was a key injury on the offensive line for the Eagles. And that was Lane Johnson. He is out for a while. There's talk. He might come back uh, for the playoffs. It would mean you would have to postpone surgery, but You just don't know if missing a player like that just opened the floodgates for the Saints. They had six sacks. Cameron Jordan had three of them by himself. And I'll give the Saints a little credit. They've won three in a row. They're playing better. They got up on the Eagles early. And, you know, the Eagles just did not have the horses to come back. Big whiff on this bet.
0: Yeah, I understand kind of how you'd feel that way. And we talked a little bit last podcast, and I'm sure we're going to talk this podcast, that when you get to the end of the season – You know, you expect certain outcomes to happen because it means a lot more to one team than it does the other. And in this case, you know, winning the game for the Eagles was important. It would have cemented them as the number one seed and given them a first round bye. It meant absolutely nothing for the Saints. And they just didn't get it done. So now, you know, they're forced to play this week with that on the line. And, you know, you got to hope that two weeks in a row, uh, they're not going to shit the bed. Well, that is a great segue,
1: not only to my bets for week 18, but right into my next game. Speaking of teams that were playing something, and I had the New York Giants at home, minus six, over the Indianapolis Colts. My bet was 330 to win 300. uh, So uh, put this money in my bank easily. The Giants just rolled over the Colts, 38 to 10. And when I made the bet last week, what I said was this bet was really more about the Colts and how completely anemic their offense had been against the Chargers and how bad they looked uh, than it really was about the Giants. The Giants were playing for something. They knew their destiny was in their own hands, win in their, you know, in are in, they stepped up, they played well, uh, they earned this playoff bid and now they're coming into the playoffs with a little bit uh, of momentum You know, 38 points, the highest they've scored all year. Daniel Jones threw for touchdowns, two touchdowns, runs for two more. I kind of like where the the Giants are. And it's funny because coming up, Giants in Philadelphia, I'm on that game, and I can talk about two teams, both of those teams, in comparison to this week because I feel like I have a pretty good uh, finger on the pulse of both of those teams. So we'll get there in just a minute. Anyway, uh, that was my win, 38-10, to giants one big over the Colts.
0: The Colts have had my number all, all year. When I bet on them, they lose. When I bet against them, they win. Uh, I know this week they're playing what seems like a unimportant game, but it's against the Houston Texans. And if Houston wins the game, they are likely to lose out on the first overall pick. So, I won't even take the Colts this week.
1: Yeah, if the Colts were playing pretty much anybody except the the Texans, I would probably be on that team or against the Colts just because they are, you know, just dying into the end of the season. It's, you know, almost sad to watch. Giants, on the other hand, I was a little bit worried that they didn't have the firepower to really score points and separate uh, from a team, and they proved me wrong. And, uh, you know, it was a nice moment for this team to have their highest point total of the year. And that was my only win of the week, so uh, 6.30, I do get my $210 back from the bills bengals game. I do get that $210 back, so I finished the week with uh, $840. Miles finished with more. Isn't that
0: true? That's the fact, Jack. Yeah. I did. I had a pretty good week last week, even though it seems like it was so long ago. Uh, I ended up going two zero oh, and one So uh, I ended up almost just a a near miss on having a a perfect week. And the near miss happened to be on my big bet, which was the L.A. Rams, L.A. Chargers over 41. Now, I know, David, you were actually present at that game. Uh, You had a last-minute road trip to to SoFi, so feel free to add any commentary because you probably saw this game a little differently than I did. Um, Look, I'll say I did get one thing wrong in my prediction, and and that is – I thought it'd be a close game, because if you look at the way the Chargers have played both this year's games and historically, they usually are one-score games, but uh, I had that wrong. This game was pretty one-sided. Um, started out pretty competitive. Both teams were rushing the ball very well. You had Austin Eckler. He broke a long touchdown run, ultimately had two scores. Uh, you had Akers from the Rams had a great game rushing the ball, and at the half, it was close. It was 17-10. I was on track to uh, hit that over 41. In fact, all I needed was two touchdowns and I'd be on the number. Well, yeah. all mm-hmm. I got were those two touchdowns. <laughs> it landed right on the number, and both those touchdowns were from the Chargers. And there was plenty of time left, right? I mean, almost the entire fourth quarter, someone could have scored, but uh, the Chargers pulled their starters. Uh, that, you know, that. It, I don't think they pulled their starters on defense because they held the Rams in check, but that was a game where I thought, "Oh, I've, I've hit the number. I've got plenty of time to go over. This should come in," and it didn't. And I have to go back. There was a play earlier in the first half where they made a, a intentional grounding call on Baker Mayfield, where I thought he was outside the tackle box and it pushed him back outside of field goal range, and I really could have used those three points.
1: Yeah, you and I were texting during that game, and you made the comment early on that you hoped you didn't regret missing those early points that didn't happen for the Rams. For the record, I saw that play several times on review. I thought it was completely intentional grounding uh, from, from my view. He was in the tackle box. A couple of things really stood out being at the game. Baker Mayfield actually is a perfectly fine quarterback when he is in the pocket and has time to throw. He made some good throws. He made good decisions. He made good reads when he is rushed, when he is flushed out of the pocket, when he is throwing on the run, he turns into a completely different guy. And that compared to Justin Herbert of the chargers, who is amazing when he's flushed out of the pocket became very apparent. And that is really what's keeping Baker Mayfield from becoming, uh, and being, you know, considered a better top tier quarterback. He just couldn't make the throws when he was on the run. Um, Kind of a funny game for you to get right up to that number. In week 12, you had the Bears-Jets under at 41 and a half. The game got to 41 early in the second half, and you just sat there while no points were scored in the last quarter and a half to win that game. And this game was kind of almost a little bit of payback because it was sitting so close to the number. Any safety, any field goal puts you over, and it just didn't happen. And you're right. Really nice for teams late in the season that are going to the playoffs to be able to rest their starters. So that was nice to see Chargers play a complete game. They played well.
0: Yeah, didn't see the blowout coming, but I'm not surprised that it happened. And thankfully, you know, it was a push. So 440 came back to my bank. My next game was the Seattle Seahawks, New York Jets under, and I got that at 42 and a half. And just as I was getting ready to settle in to watch the game, Kenneth Walker ripped off like a 60 yard run and that got the Seahawks into the red zone. They score a touchdown in less than two minutes. Uh, not the best way to start an under bet. The Jets then get the ball and promptly throw an interception. And Seattle gets it into the red zone and kicks a field goal. Again, not so good for the under. It's 10-0 with basically all four quarters left to play. The Jets then mount a drive of their own. They kick a field goal, making it 10-3. And at this point, I'm just grateful that the last two field goals weren't touchdowns. Um, but I'm not feeling strong at that point, but Seattle scores again, the Jets score again, we get to the half it's 17, to six, it's better than it could have been, but still it's a little high. And I'm thinking, where's the Jets defense that it's been there all year. You know, why are they all of a sudden failing? And this is a must win game for the Jets because they lose here and they're eliminated. So, uh, fortunately the teams made halftime time adjustments, the Jets did play better defense. Uh, you know, Seattle's offense, uh, you know, didn't look quite as good as they looked earlier in the year, but they did add a couple more field goals. So, twenty-three-six was the final. Uh, only two field goals were scored in the second half. So, my analytics were kind of right when I thought two good defenses, two offenses that have been struggling. Um, you know, again, Seattle looked better. They have a chance. Uh, Mike White. You know, he didn't throw for the three hundred yards that he was throwing in the in the previous games. So unfortunately for the Jets, that was it for their season. And it's too bad. I really like the Jets this year. I want a lot of money betting on them and they're uh, they're out. Yeah, there was a there's a couple of teams that we're talking about that almost
1: feel like completely different teams from the first half of the season to the second. The Jets being one, the Dolphins being another. Uh, unfortunately, both of those teams have really uh, turned for the worse. Well, I'm glad you can win with the Seahawks, because I certainly can. They've been my kryptonite all season. They crushed me last week against the Chiefs. And let's give a little bit of revenge trifecta props to Geno Smith, who not only beat the Jets this year, he beat the Chargers and the Giants, which means he beat all three teams that he's played for in the past, Props to him. Even if they don't make the playoffs and they have some issues, he's going to have a satisfying offseason. So good for you, Gino. Yeah, could be the comeback
0: player of the year. Never give up. Never surrender. So my last bet was Jacksonville minus three over the Texans, and that was $230 to win 209. And I said at the time, this line looks too good to be true. What What is it that I was missing? You got a hot Jacksonville team coming in to make, you know, trying to make the playoffs after a two and six start. You've got the last place Texans who can't afford to win any more games because again, if they win, they can allow the bears to pass them and take over the number one pick in the draft. So why did the line move from minus four and a half to minus three? Why were people betting on the Texans? Well, I think I found my answer actually. Apparently. Uh, the Jags playing the Titans this week, no matter what happened last week, it, this is the week where it's all the marbles. And so no matter what happened to Jacksonville, uh, the last playoff spot was all going to come down to the Titans versus Jacksonville. And you might recall that on the Thursday game, the Titans rested all their players because they knew that their game against the Cowboys didn't matter. And that spread went from eleven and a half to 14, and the Titans promptly lost that game by 14. Well, here, Jacksonville said, we're not resting our starters. We're going to keep the momentum going. And so maybe the public, maybe the, the odds makers were saying, we don't think Jacksonville really cares about this game. No, Jacksonville wanted this game. And they played all their starters and blew the Texans out 31 to 3. This was never even a game. This is probably the easiest money I've ever made. Uh, Jack scored early, never looked back. Uh, you got Travis Etienne; he had a monster game. I, you know what? I hope that Vegas took a bath on this game because it was obvious that if Jacksonville showed up and played like they're supposed to play, and then if Texas realized that they need the number one pick, that this was never going to be a game. And so, uh, I thought it was too good to be true. It, it was. Fortunately, it worked out for me. So I should have made this my big bet, but. 201 for the week. That was a total of 1509 that goes to my bank, which was great. It puts me uh, in our head-to-head week. I think it makes me the winner overall. And 14 out of the 17 weeks this year, I'm cash positive, bringing me up $3,100 over the course of the year. So good week for me.
1: Uh, Another good week for you. Congratulations. Yeah. It gives you your 10th weekly win another 1509 in your bank. Uh, Just going quickly back to that uh, Jacksonville game. You're right. There was a lot of talk that Jacksonville was going to be overlooking Houston in favor of the Tennessee game. And let's give that Jacksonville defense credit in the last two games. This team has given up six points total. So they're doing it on both sides of the ball. Another team that got to rest their quarterback in the fourth quarter which will help them going into tennessee and if they make it into the playoffs another team that teams will not want to see in the playoffs so kudos to them for a good win
0: yeah now why don't we uh look at our other listeners and see how they did for the week turns out that uh, week 17 was not a very favorable week for our listeners either um Donnie Wheels, he ended up picking the Jets Seahawks under like I did, and that came in for him. But that was the only bet for him that came in. Bill Kuklaunas was on the Saints. I don't know how he had the foresight to see that one.
1: Bastards, killing me.
0: But that one came in for him. That put him at 9, 954 for the week, just under the number. And then RJ, he uh, his hot streak kind of stopped. He took the Packers which was a good bet. The Packers have proved me wrong these last several weeks, but that was the only one of his bets that came in. So our listeners did not break the $1,000 mark this week.
1: Well, I could feel their pain, believe me.
0: But there is a last week of the season coming up. It's week 18 where there's, I don't know, 16 NFL games where only maybe five of them matter.
1: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. as always, we have to navigate a lot of factors and how motivated a team is, is a very, very big factor. Last week of the season, the teams will have a different number of games, obviously with what happened to Buffalo and Cincinnati. And I just read that they're talking about moving the AFC championship game. If one or both of those teams are in, there's just just a lot of things still unfolding on this situation. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Definitely new information coming to us. It's probably a good thing that we are broadcasting today on Friday because uh, if we would have tried this earlier, we wouldn't have known nearly as much as we do. Well, I will jump right into
1: it. I have uh, the game we've been talking about. My first bet, my big bet of the week, is I am taking Jacksonville at home, minus 6.5 to cover against Tennessee. Now, you had a nice win last week with Jacksonville, and I am going to ride the hot hand They are clearly the better team going into this game, and as we've discussed, a lot to play for. The winner of this game will win the AFC South, go into the playoffs. Jacksonville has won four in a row, five out of their last six. They're playing well on both sides of the ball, as we discussed. Six points they've given up in the last two games. Yes, those two games were against the Jets and the Texans, but look it still takes a high level of skill and commitment to hold NFL teams to three points a game, and they've done it twice in a row. They're playing hard for four quarters. And meanwhile, the Titans, they are in the midst of terrible, terrible football across a six-game losing streak. Some of the worst football that we've seen in the league, and you know, not only is Ryan Tannehill not starting this week, Malik Willis isn't even starting this week. They are going with Josh Dobbs. He is their third-string quarterback. Josh Dobbs is not leading the Tennessee Titans to victory over the Jacksonville Jaguars in Jacksonville. Their only chance is if Derrick Henry somehow rushes for 250 yards. I don't see that happening against this defense. Look, uh, Jacksonville is a tough team. These are just two teams going in completely the opposite direction. Jacksonville has the home advantage. They're going to cover six and a half.
0: David, you and I are both on this game. It's just that I have Jacksonville, Tennessee under 40 points. I wanted to take Jacksonville with you. I really did. But here was some of the compelling analysis from my perspective. Tennessee, they've had the under come in 11 out of 16 of their games. Okay? For Jacksonville, 5 out of their 7 home games have also hit the under. So, you've got the Titans who rested their starters last week in preparation for this divisional rivalry game where it's win and you're in. And you got a healthy Derrick Henry Yes, you do have Dobbs, the quarterback, which apparently is going to be an improvement over what you're talking about, Malik Willis. But I don't know. I'm afraid of the points, the six and a half. I, I really hope they win. I just don't trust that number, especially because the Titans took Thursday night off against Dallas to game plan for this one. So I expect it to be a hard-fought game. That's why I'm going under. Um, the Titans, they don't have the the offense or the manpower to put up huge numbers. And with Dobbs... I think everything's going to flow through Derrick Henry. And if you're looking at everything flowing through the run game, that should keep the clock moving. Yeah, you said it. Jacksonville's on a mini-win streak. But they're definitely the more uh, dynamic team, but they're not the experienced team. They don't have a lot of playoff experience, and that's where Vrabel and the Titans, I think, uh, have a little bit of a leg up. Scoring, I think, is going to come at a premium. I'm going with the under. I'm hoping that the uh, the three points that Jacksonville has allowed the last couple games, coupled with the Titans' defense, at least earlier in the year, is going to result in a low-scoring game. Yeah, I get the
1: under bet. I totally do. And I think you've got a great matchup with the Jacksonville defense going against the Tennessee offense. The wild card for me is the Jacksonville offense. They can be prolific. They can put points on the board. They've got weapons. Trevor Lawrence can stretch the field. So you just don't want them to come out of the gate really strong, uh, and suddenly Tennessee's got to you know try to play catch up, and it's a little bit more of a you know back and forth scoring fest than you would hope. Um, all right, moving on. So my next game is the Giants Eagles game, and that's the game as I said that I was on both of those teams in one form or another last week. I whiffed on the Eagles, I was dead on about the Giants, and hopefully I can use that information. To handicap this game. And I landed at the place where 14 points is just too much, even for a home team, to give an NFL playoff team. And that's what the Giants are. And here's the reasoning beyond, behind this. Ironically, the Eagles have something to play for. If they win, they can get the top seed in the NFC. The Giants aren't playing for anything because win or lose, they are the sixth seed in the playoffs. So the feeling is is that the Giants are going to not play a lot of their starters. Now, Brian Dable has said he is going to play some starters. Some players like Leonard Williams, who need to get a little healthier, you may not see them, but I think Daniel Jones is going to play. And no team, and I'm talking about the Giants, wants to go into the playoffs coming off of a route. So I do believe that the Giants are going to play tough, And I think that they're gonna stay within two touchdowns of the Philadelphia Eagles, who have Jalen Hurts coming back, which is good news for all of the Eagles fans, but he's gonna be rusty. And here's what I think happens: I think it takes Hurts a quarter, a quarter and a half to get really back in rhythm after being gone for a couple weeks. He's got to test out the shoulder to see how it is. They're gonna win the game, they need to win the game, but 14 points too much to give the Giants, and I will take those 14 points. For this road team,
0: yeah, this is a divisional game that is a huge rivalry. I feel like Philadelphia New York is one of those long standing, you got to get your crowd up for type games to watch. And I agree with you that 14 points that's that's a lot of points. 14 that I think that's that's as many votes I think they've had so far to pick a speaker of the house. Um, <laughs> And I think, you know, if if that fourteen number ever moved up to eighteen, you know, either for the this game or for the speaker, then Matt Gates would no longer be interested. Hey now. No, hey I, now. <laughs> I I was thinking about this game. I was thinking about this bet. Um, you know, fourteen points to a playoff team is just too many to give. It really is gonna depend on how much they're gonna play their starters. Maybe it's just one of those they play the first quarter, they play the first few downs, maybe it's like preseason. But even so, you know, the backups on on New York, they're not bad. They've got a decent they got a decent second string. So, once Philadelphia takes a lead, I don't think they're going to push it either. So they just need to win. I did
1: not bring up also remember the Lane Johnson injury. So when Jalen Hurts was last the quarterback for the Eagles, he had a better offensive line than he does now. So let's not uh, discount what that injury means to the Eagles going forward in a much more profound way than, you know, Hurts coming off the bench. You with know, the Lane Johnson injury could really, really hurt them in the long term. And in the short term, this game, it could be another reason that the Giants are able to keep this game close.
0: Yeah, I like this one for you. What's your second bet? So I'm sticking with the unders because the unders have been coming in at just a great clip and i'm taking the miami dolphins new york jets under and i got that at under 38 and a half and that's going to be 330 to win 300 nine of the last 11 games for the jets have gone under and miami they're starting skylar thompson at quarterback the jets are starting joe flacco at quarterback i mean yeah. miami they're actually playing for a playoff spot but I just don't trust them. I want to pick them, but I just don't trust them, especially having lost five in a row. This is my way on trying to get action on Miami in case they win, Um, and and I can do it with this under because I think New York has a good defense, but they don't have a very strong offense. And if Mike White's sitting this one out like he is, you know, I just don't see them putting up points. So I'm looking at a really low scoring game this week. You know, Flacco, he's a serviceable quarterback. But, you know, he's he's going to be playing a team that needs a win. So it's not like Miami's going to let up on defense. Miami's going to go all out. They need to win and some help. They could get that help, though. I mean, that help, you know, really is going to be the Patriots and the Bills game. And I think the Bills are going to, you know, come back with an emotional game. So... They need to win. I'm hoping that they win. I'm planning on them winning. I didn't want to bet them the win, but I think under 38 and a half is definitely doable.
1: Yeah, you got a lot of good factors coming into an under game. You have two teams with quarterback uncertainty. Uh, you have you know one team with something to play for, well, one team not. You have two teams really stumbling into the end of the season who have had trouble. What a collapse, as we discussed before, it would be for the Dolphins. Uh, They were really a fun team to watch early on. Unfortunately, concussions and other things for Tua. They had some serious injuries. They really hit the wall. Uh, But, you know, I've heard rumblings that uh, the head coach could lose his job. Other people are saying they're crazy. It's been quite the roller coaster. It's going to be a grind this weekend in this
0: game. Yeah, and I haven't I haven't gotten the Dolphins right when I pick a side, so I'm hoping that going on the over/under will give me a little piece of them as well. So, that's my that's my second bet. What's your last one? My last bet is ah, uh, it's your
1: favorite team, Miles. I am betting on the Packers minus four and a half over Detroit. How could you do that? I know you don't like them. I don't really love them either. But, so my bet is 230 to win 209. We can't deny that they've won four straight. And they are playing at home for a chance to make the playoffs. And again, your favorite scenario, Miles, their destiny is in their hands. If they win, they're in. Teams will go one of two ways. You've mentioned they tend to crumple. I am going to ride the momentum that I have from the Giants last week, who needed to win to get in, and they did. And I am going to propel that over to the Packers this week. If they win, they will pass the Seahawks for the seventh spot. Now, in the last four games for the Packers, the closest score, the closest score was six points, and that was a game in Miami. Now, in fairness, the Lions aren't rolling over. They can make the playoffs, but Destiny is not in their hands. They need a bunch of help. They would need to beat the Packers. The Seahawks would have to lose to the Rams on Sunday. I don't know that I see that coming. Um, But look, let's be honest for the Lions. It's hard to make the playoffs when you have the worst defense in the league, which they do. It's been their Achilles heel all year, despite how fun they have been to watch. Defense is ranked 32nd. They give up almost 400 yards a game. They give up 26 points a game. I believe at this point in the season with Aaron get, you know having his team clicking on all cylinders, he is going to carve up the Lions secondary this week. Now, the Lions, they can score points. They are not a pushover. They've won seven of the last nine. But if you go back to the first game these two teams played, Packers held the Lions to 137 yards passing. So they have their number. They're in their head a little bit. Uh, you know, Packers run defense have not been great lately, but their pass defense has been fantastic. They've got nine interceptions in the last four games. I think the Packers defense harasses Goff just enough. I see a late game turnover by the Packers, icing it for them, and they cover the four and a half.
0: Like most people, I never like to admit when I'm wrong, but I will say this I I'm wrong about the Packers. They I, I've been shit talking them the last several weeks. Earlier in the season, I wasn't wrong, but they've definitely turned the corner, and they are a fascinating team. And I actually have a problem a little bit with the schedule makers in this one because I believe the Lions are going to be playing at a disadvantage because this is the night game, and depending on the Seahawks-Rams outcome, the Lions are going to either be playing for something or not. And if they find out they're not playing for something, I think that totally changes the dynamics of the game. So I wanted to bet this game, and I actually was thinking I want to bet uh, on the Packers. Actually, I, I kind of want to bet on the, the Lions, too. I they, they, like the Jacksonville Jaguars, are such a team I want to root for. But the fact that it's the night game and and they're – you know, going to be dependent on what happens earlier. I just didn't want to leave it to chance. So I laid off the game. Um, But I think, I think it, I actually hope that Seattle wins and that way it can be just the winner of this game gets in.
1: Yeah. I thought about that too. For me, if Seattle wins and Detroit sort of deflates, that's even more reason to be on the Packers. Um, But What a fun team the Lions have been to watch this year and root for all the way back to hard knocks, and they're going in the right direction, so kudos to Dan Campbell and his coaching staff and the team. Uh, I just think they're going to fall a little bit short in this big game in Green Bay against, obviously, a veteran in Aaron Rodgers who knows how to take take advantage of weak secondaries.
0: Yeah, and he's been really doing a a bang-up job these last couple weeks, really giving rebirth to his team. They're they're getting hot at the right time, and that's the kind of team that comes in as a wild card and can make a deep run. So, uh, like I said, I was wrong about him. So those are my three bets. What's your last bet, Miles? So my last bet is Pittsburgh minus two against the Browns, and that's going to be for 230 to win 209. Mike Tomlin has never had a losing season as the head coach of the Steelers, and the Steelers right now are sitting at 8-8 with a chance to get into the playoffs. They need a win and some help, so I expect them to be playing for the win. Moreover, I think they're going to be playing for their coach in this emotional game. I think they want to keep his win streak alive. Uh, You've got Kenny Pickett, who recently got Ben Roethlisberger's endorsement, And Kenny Pickett's been playing veteran-style football, even though it's his rookie season. Uh, He has what it takes to win the game. But more importantly, he has Najee Harris in the backfield. And Najee's looking for another 1,000-yard season. He's about 46 yards away. And I think the Pittsburgh team is focused. They're ready to play. They're going to be playing at 10 o'clock and, you know, win, and they have a chance. They are going to need some help. Uh, unlike the Browns, who are only ready to play spoiler, but that's it. And other than seeing improvement from Deshaun Watson, the Browns really have nothing to gain by playing this one tough. So it's somewhat of a rival game. I think Pittsburgh, Cleveland, you know, historically have have been at each other's throats, but the Browns are done. Uh, Steelers are at home. Two points is just a low spread. So it's enough for me to want to make this bet. Even if Pittsburgh wins, they might not get in, but I expect them to play their game.
1: Kenny Pickett has really had some notable wins the last two weeks, two fourth quarter drive type wins, uh, which is very impressive. And they are definitely playing better. And yes, wouldn't it be nice for the Steelers to keep that Mike Toblin streak alive? Totally get this bet. This is not the bet that I was looking at for this game. For me, I was looking at the under. It's quite simply every single one of Deshaun Watson's starts. And I know he's had a truncated season, hasn't played a whole season, but every one of his starts has gone under. Um, so he has just not figured out how to move the ball. The Steelers are also challenged, um, you know, on the offensive side, it's going to be a grind. It's, you know, cold, it's run games, all the kind of things that you think of, you know, in the Midwest or the last game of the season. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't love the spread. I, I don't have a, I don't have a finger on the pulse of the Steelers. Really, or the Browns.
0: No, I I understand, and, and you know, you're right that under, actually, the more you talk about it, the more it looks appealing. There's just not that many games that are, that are playing for anything, and I just feel that Pittsburgh's one of them. Now, again, uh, Miami could sneak in, the Patriots could sneak in. Uh, I think Miami has the maybe easier road because they're playing the Jets, but you never know with that one. And and Patriots, if this was years ago, I'd say they're definitely getting in. But, I mean, they're playing the Bills on the road. So, um, yeah, I'm hoping that Pittsburgh basically uh, plays this one as if they have to win and believe that they're going to get in. There is a chance they do. So we'll have to see what happens.
1: Well, your results have spoken for themselves. So we are... Done handicapping this week. Uh, Really quickly, I am on the uh, Giants to cover 14. Uh, Jacksonville, minus 6.5 at home against Tennessee. And then I have Green Bay,
0: minus 4.5 at home over Detroit. Miles, I don't know if you want to recap your bets. Yeah, I'm taking two unders this week. It's the under Jacksonville-Tennessee game, and that's under 40. The under Miami Jets game, that's under 38.5. And And then I'm taking Pittsburgh, minus the 2. And that is a wrap for 18 regular season weeks of this NFL year. I do hope we come back for some playoff stuff, David. We'll have to talk about it. Yeah,
1: I'm going to say right now, and you and I have to kind of talk through this a little bit, but we are definitely back next week. And I think that we are certainly doing a show for Super Wild Card Weekend. Six great games. We'll find some bets. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that. If there's any change, you can go to our Twitter handle at one event podcast for all the news, all the updates. And let me just wrap this up by saying we certainly hope for the best recovery for DeMar Hanlon and hats off to the Bills and Bengals for how they handled that difficult situation. And we're looking forward to some football tomorrow.
0: Yeah, let's get things back to normal. And uh, just so you know, I'm hearing from some of our fans. They can't wait for our content. So, you should do this and maybe create some more content if you want.
1: All right, everybody, that's it for us. Have a good week. Miles, yeah, signing off. Love your body, Larry. Love your buddy, Larry. That's Miles V. I'm David Schiff. Peace out, everybody. Hey, it's Tim from 50 Years of Music with 50 Year Old White Guys